What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. You may be seated. I've changed the program a bit. <laughs> We're going to share in communion this morning also, but I want you just to, while we're in this presence, just to open your heart and, and just hear what the Holy Spirit has to say this morning. Amen. Are you full of faith? Should we build faith? Come on, pick up your Bible quickly. Declare this with me loud and clear. Say, this is my Bible. Who watched rugby last night? Who watched rugby? Have you guys noted that the Blue Bulls led 28-0, 27 minutes into the game? And I'm 100% sure you didn't sit like that and said, hmm. amen? So can you declare this with me boldly this morning? Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. This morning, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, guys, let's give a round of applause. How awesome is it when the kids just join the worship, when we dance in front of our Savior, in front of our Lord, amen? So I want you to give the worship team a round of applause this morning. And 12 minutes into this message this morning, you, you can understand why. But God is faithful, amen. And when I prepared for, for this message this morning, we're not going to go east and west this morning, amen. Have you spent some time in the west in the last two weeks? Raise your hands, come on. Hallelujah. Should we revisit that? Come on, guys. We said that Moses couldn't see the glory of God because he couldn't be born again. And we can. And we have a responsibility to see God's glory. Have you seen it in this week? Am I asking again? Can you raise your hand if you've seen it? If you've experienced it, amen? No, God is faithful. This morning I'm going to talk about anointed obedience. Anointed obedience in the context of the life of David. See, when, when we speak about David, the first thing that comes to mind is what? He was a king. You thought of that? Raise your hand. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But this morning, I'm going to speak about anointed obedience in the context of David as a shepherd. David as a musician. David as a warrior. David as a leader. And David as a friend. Amen. Are you ready? Strap your seatbelts on. I hope this is going to encourage you. I really trust that this message will just uplift your spirit and, and just carry you through to what God is not going to do, Amen, but what God is busy doing in this season. We've got to learn to start praising God, not for what He is going to do, but for what He has done and what He is busy doing. Amen. 
Adrian said it's so wonderful this morning. Maybe you didn't get out of date this morning, but they didn't take your stuff. Amen. So start praising God for what he has done, what he is busy doing, and what he is going to do in this season. In Jesus' name. All right. I want you to write this down. If you've got a, if you've got a notebook, write this down. Say, real success is usually discovered in the private places of our heart. Real success is discovered in the private places of our hearts. See, we read about, about this little David who was a shepherd. And, and the story initiated when he was supposed to be anointed king. But something happened. Something happened. There's a reason why Samuel went down, amen, to David's father's house. Something happened before that. I'm just going to touch on that quickly this morning. See, Saul was disobedient. He took the role of a priest he wasn't supposed to took. Amen? To take. He took the role of a priest. He wasn't supposed to do it. And the prophet warned him. He was given a clear instruction to defeat the Amalekites. And he didn't do so. And God ordered Samuel, amen, to remove him as king. See, disobedience, disobedience lifts the anointing. Disobedience lifts the anointing. And this morning I want to speak about anointed obedience. Excuse the pun, guys. In English they would have said, excuse the pun. The only thing that breaks the yoke is the anointing. The only thing that sustains us is the anointing. So when we are obedient, God brings an anointing. Are you guys with me? In the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord came upon people. The word says the Spirit clothed Gideon. In the New Testament, post-Pentecost, it's different. The word says we are filled by His Spirit. He will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. And the proof is this, the fruits that we bear. But I also believe in my heart, post-Pentecost, the Spirit of the Lord, <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord also comes upon us in this time to stir an unction when we minister the Word of God or when we move in faith. It's not only inside of us, but also comes upon us and stirs us to do certain things. Have you experienced that before? Come on, guys. I want you to preach with me this morning. Have you experienced that before? But there's obedience. There's a responsibility from our side. Now, before we read, before we spend time in the Word of God, exactly where we see, where we see Samuel come down, I want you to understand that, Samuel's, that, that Saul's disobedience was caused by something. Something caused him to be disobedient. See, Samuel had this... Samuel, hallelujah. The prophet wants to speak. Where's Samuel? No, I'm kidding, guys. Listen to this. The reality is, Saul was disobedient. But something, something stirred in his heart. There's some, something caused him to be disobedient. Do you know what that is? Saul was paranoid. 
Saul was paranoid. Just like many Christians are today. Paranoid. I'm going to preach it. Amen? Paranoid. It's his paranoia that caused him to be disobedient. I want you to know this this morning. When the bluebulls huddle on the field, they're not gossiping about you. Amen? Who knows that? But we're so paranoid. We're so worried about what people think. Every time when you see someone speak to someone else, you think they're talking about you. You think this is, what is he going to say? What have they said? When the bluebulls huddle on the field, they're not talking about you. I want you to know it this morning. When you see someone huddle, they're not talking about you. Amen? They're not talking about you. Can we please just get to a place in church? Amen? I'm not going to say where we don't care, because you're going to quote me on that later. Where we don't care what people think. Amen? Because we are not influenced by their opinions. Nor does it change the direction of our lives. There's a calling, there's an instruction, and our responsibility as a church is to be this, obedient to the call of God. Because that obedience is what releases the anointing. It's that obedience that causes a shepherd to become a king. It's the obedience. Amen? Can we be obedient this morning? I wanted to preach this to my children. They haven't caught this yet. (laughs) They're going to get there. Amen. I want to read for you quickly in in the book of 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 to 13. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the heart. See, David was a man after God's own heart. After God's own heart. You can go one further. Then Jesse, that's David's father, made Shammai pass by and said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. This father is presenting his sons to the prophet. Some of them are arrogant enough. They just stand up first. So I think it's me. Amen. Have you read it? We've got those also in church, guys. Amen. Can we preach it this morning? And the prophet says, it's not one of these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, all of, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Guys, I want you to catch this this morning. There's a prophet going down. After Saul has been disobedient, his responsibility is to go and anoint a new king for Israel. This is not the prime minister for living with Pretoria East or the section. He's going to anoint a king. This well-known man presents seven sons, and this prophet said, it's not one of these. He says, go and fetch the youngest one, the youngest one. We will not sit down until he's here. I want you to catch it this morning. Verse 13. 
sorry, and he, and he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. Amen. Any handsome young guys, ladies? And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Arise, anoint him, for this is he. I want to tell you this morning, you will never be too young to be anointed, to become a king. If God's hand is on your life, doesn't matter where you are at this point in time, you might be tending the sheep in the field. You might be tending the sheep in the field. They will not sit down until you are here. Amen. Who knows that David didn't become king immediately? Who knows that? Who knows that there was a time of preparation that had to take place in order for David, a man close to God's heart, in order for him to fulfill that function which he was ordained for. Amen? Some preparation. Look at your neighbor say, preparation. It's something we don't like. In 2022, we don't like preparation. That's why we eat fast foods. Because we're lazy. Amen? We don't want to stick to the process. Let me tell you this. Obedience can only take place in the process. So when you forfeit the process, you forfeit the ability to be obedient. Can you hear it this morning? There's a process. There's a place of preparation. God has taken this church, prepared this church from a little cell group to a house, to a tent, to a building. Certain things must be in place. Amen. There's a place and a time for preparation. So let's see what that looks like. What does the obedience look like in a place of, of preparation? See, I believe the greatest characteristic David had is he was yielded to the Lord. Holy, yielded to the Lord. He said, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. So the first thing we're going to look at quickly this morning is David as a shepherd, amen? David tended his father's sheep. We're talking about anointed obedience in the context of five things. Five different functions David had to fulfill in the process of preparation to become a king. First we see David the shepherd. A 16-year-old boy tending to his father's sheep. If you cannot tend to the sheep of your father, you cannot tend to the nation. Can I say this again? If you cannot tend to the sheep of your father, you cannot tend to the nation. He had to be bold, obedient. Guys, let me be honest. If I had to fight a bear or a lion at the age of 16, Man, I would have just left the sheep. <laughs> I still want a wife, I want children, I want a life to live. To him it was serious, guys. To him he understood something about the call of God. And he was obedient, irrespective of what challenges came his way. I want to ask you this morning, can you be obedient 
and tend to the sheep, tend to your flock, irrespective of what life throws you in this season. If life brings a lion, if life brings a bear, it doesn't matter. Can you be obedient? Because it's in this obedience where God prepared him, amen, to be a king, a shepherd. Guys, we have a responsibility to steward, a responsibility to shepherd what God has given us. It's a process. It is something that continues day in and day out. Day in and day out. You don't just think to the sheep every second Friday when you feel like it, when they're close to your father's house. So it's no effort. You just jump over the fence and think to them. It doesn't work like that. There's a process in preparation. See, David as a musician. Now this, when I prepared this point, it's kind of stirred my heart. Because someone once said to me, we're all called to worship. We're not all called to sing. Is that true? Those of you smiling, <laughs> I know the person next to you is false. Amen? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's see what the word says in 1 Chronicles 23, verse 23. See, Moses taught us how to worship. Who knows that? Have you read the book of Exodus? Moses taught them how to worship. But see, there's a shift. This is what it says, verse 23, verse 1, sorry. When David was old and full of days, he made Solomon his son, king of Israel. David assembled all the leaders of Israel and the priests and the Levites, the Levites 30 years old and upward. Amen? That's why you don't argue with people that's under 30. It's unbiblical. They don't understand yet. Amen? No, I'm kidding. Um, and the Levites were 30 old and upward, were numbered, and the total was 38,000 men. 24,000 of these, David said, shall have charge of the work in the house of the Lord. 6,000 shall be officers and judges, 4,000 gatekeepers, and 4,000 shall offer praises to the Lord with the instruments that I have made for praise. Who knew that David made 4,000 instruments? But we complain when we come to worship on a Thursday evening. And I'm kidding, guys. <laughs> he made 4,000 instruments and said, this Levites will praise God. See, Moses taught us how to worship. David introduced music and instruments into worship. When he became... I want you to catch this, guys, the king. He took 4,000 men and said, you guys are going to praise day in and day out. Day in and day out. The question is, can we get to a place as a church where we worship God and praise God irrespective day in and day out? Or do we have to wait for a Sunday? Do we have to wait for a Sunday morning? There's a responsibility for us. See, I'm not, I'm not going to have time to go into this. The fact that David was a musician was very, very unique to David becoming a king. The question is, I'm not saying you have to go and play piano, amen? 
I'm promoting for guys who's got music. Who's got a company that... <laughs> Can we get to a place where we just naked before Him and worship Him as the King of Kings and praise Him for who He is, not for what He has done, for who He is in our lives today. See, often at times we have to understand, guys, that, that a little baby drinks from a breast or drinks from a bottle. It's not that they can't eat meat. They can't even comprehend it. When you put a piece of meat through a little baby, they will just slap on it. It's not that they can't even eat it. It's they can't even comprehend it. And we have to get to a place, come on guys, where we not only eat, but comprehend what God wants to do in our lives. There's a process that we have to go through, amen? But it's going to take your obedience. It's going to take your anointed obedience. David is a warrior. I like this one. Come on. 1 Samuel 17, 26. I'm not going to be able to read everything. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way, So shall it be done to the man who kills him. So shall it be done. His anger was kindled against David, that's his brother. David and he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? What is not but a word? David understood that the battle was the Lord's. His arrogant brother, let me use that word in church, did not know that David's father actually sent him there with loaves and with grain and with cheese to go and see if they are okay and to tend to the generals. Yet he, get, he gets annoyed, amen, with his little shepherd brother and say, I know your heart like he knows his heart, amen. What have you come to see the battle? And it continues. Verse 30. And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way, and the people answered him again as before. And then the story continues, and we know that David slays Goliath, that he takes off this giant's head with his own sword. Amen. Takes off his head. As a little young boy, he wasn't meant to be at the battle. He was sent there. He was obedient to the word of his father. He had 10 loaves of cheese with him, grains and bread. The armor couldn't fit him. David was out of place, according to everyone at the battle, even his brothers who so dearly loved him. Yet God used him Yet God used him in a story that is still told today. Amen? Because that's what the word says. But David was obedient. 
if David didn't take the cheese and the grain and the loaves, he would have been present. And something arose in his heart and said, but who is this uncircumcised Philistine who speaks out against our God? And that warrior, that boldness, that, that lessons he learned by facing bears and lions, gold nights, early mornings. It's those lessons. And he slays this giant. And look how beautiful this is. And the king responds, and this is Saul's response, verse 35. As soon as Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army. So Abner was the general. Amen. 55, 55. The commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. And the king said, inquire whose son this boy is. Saul didn't want to know who David was. He wanted to know. He wanted to know who was his father. See, because Samuel said this. Samuel said this. Parents are to children like a bow to an arrow. Parents are to children like a bow to an arrow. The amount of thrust and the direction by which an arrow goes out, amen, depends upon the bow from which it is thrust. So Saul was saying this, this is a beautiful arrow, but I want to see the bow. I want to see the bow. And I want to just speak to you, parents, and Pastor Vilma. <laughs> if you want to see the sons of this house, come on. The thrust and the speed by which they send depends on the bow. Saul, the king, didn't want to see the arrow. He wanted to see the bow. My question this morning to you is, when people look at your children, are they saying this? Inquire, bring me his father. Amen? Come on, guys. God is generational. We have a responsibility in obedience to launch not only our children, but the sons of the house, the sons in your cell group to a place where people look at them. They should say, I want to see the bow. I want to see the father. Amen. I'm going to close quickly. David is a leader. I've got five minutes. I've got my Lucy for to dry. David as a leader. I want you to catch this principle this morning. I want you to understand my heart in this because this is going to set you in a different course. Hear this. The shepherd boy, the 16-year-old, 17-year-old shepherd whom the prophet would not sit down until he was there becomes a leader. You have to understand that the word says that we have dominion over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky and every living creature that crawls on the earth. Look at your neighbor. Does it look like he or she is crawling? No, they're not. Which means you don't have dominion over them. If you think you have dominion over people, you're not reading the Bible. 
If you're trying to have dominion over people, you're not reading the Bible. A leader is an influencer. We have influence over people. We don't have dominion over people. And I want you to hear my heart in this this morning, because if you're on your way to be a king, if you're going to shepherd a nation, if you're going to shepherd schools and businesses and churches, you have to understand this principle. You don't have dominion over people. He is the king of kings, which makes me a king and him a king. We are all kings. A leader has followers. Don't isolate yourself in an office and try and have dominion over everyone. You're not a leader. You're alone. Listen to me. It's important. We have a responsibility to influence by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's as simple as that. Come on. David said this. He said, I wish I could just drink a cup of water from the well in Bethlehem. That was his words. He had 30 mighty men. Three of them went all the way to Bethlehem, fought through the gates, came to the well, got him a cup of water, went up to David and said, hey David, here's your water. What does he do? Come on guys, you read the Bible, what does he do? He throws it on the ground and says, I'm not worthy to drink this water because you've risked your life for me. David didn't instruct them to go and risk their lives to bring him a cup of water like a king does. I want you to hear this. They overheard him speak and they went out of their way to make it happen because he was a leader. He was an influencer, not one who thought he had dominion. So when someone wants to build a church, people will just come to you and say, I hear you want to build a church. I'm going to help you build it because I believe in your vision. I can see what you are doing. Can we get to that place, guys, where we trust the Holy Spirit to influence and to lead and to guide people? Because we know that we are anointed. We know that there's a plan, there's a purpose, and there's a preparation in the process that we have to go through. Amen? And the last one, David is a friend, and then we're done. David's friend, Jonathan. The word says, oh, how he wept when he heard that Jonathan has died or passed away. Oh, how he wept. See, the way God knitted them together was different. I want to touch on something quickly. Guys, men. David even said this, let me say it. He said, this friend of mine, Jonathan, he loved me more than he loved women. As men, we don't look one another in the eye anymore and say, hey, Pastor Wilmar, it's you. We don't do it anymore because we're too proud. We're too scared about what people will think. When last have you just looked your Jonathan in the eye? He said, I know that God has knitted us together. There's a plan, there's a purpose, and I love you. See, my father-in-law, he always waits for my wife to be with me when he says, love you. Because then I'm not sure if he's speaking about you or you. (laughs) So I'm preaching to him this morning. (laughs) I've been in the house faithful for 10 years, 16 years, 10 saved, come on. 
it's so beautiful for me, guys. I want you to understand this, that it's only by His love and through His Holy Spirit that we can get to a place where we can just look at one another and say, Amen, actually for you. Actually for you. Do you know why? Because the devil does this. He perverts that very thing. He perverts that very thing that God wants to use. That very thing. So next time when you see a guy, give him a hug. Look him in the eye and say, I love you. Are you with me? Come on. Thank you, DLC. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm done. We're going to take communion quickly. I want us to take communion this morning in this way. We're going to take a stance. We know that the purpose is, amen, the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior. We know that this new covenant relationship that we have now, we're going to take a stance this morning when we take communion, communion and say, Lord, this will be a season of anointed obedience. This will be a season of anointed obedience. We will not end up like Saul. Amen. We're going to be obedient. Doesn't matter what it takes. Amen. Guys, our faith is not based on the outcome. Our faith is not based on the outcome. We don't have faith because God produced something. We have faith. We have faith. Irrespective of God is sovereign. He's outside of this world, outside of time. Amen. We cannot have faith from outcome to outcome to outcome. We have faith, period. Amen. Amen. I'm not sure if we're going to distribute it or maybe ask you. Can I ask the worship team to maybe come on? We're just going to flow. Please grab some communion for you. And I'm just going to lead you in that. And we're going to pray. And we're going to close the service. Take it as as a stance this morning. Amen. And say, Lord, I choose to be obedient, irrespective of the outcome. I've said this before. I just feel a heart to quickly say this, guys. This is a word for someone. Listen to me. If God was on time for Lazarus, he would have only received a healing. If God was on time for Lazarus, he would have only received a healing. Because God was late, Lazarus received a resurrection. You may be trusting God for healing. God says, I don't want to heal you. I want to resurrect you. Amen. And resurrection is generational. So have faith in God's timing over your life. Have faith. Just like he said, I love Martha. I love Mary. I love Lazarus. He also loves you. Have faith in his timing and trust him for the resurrection. Amen. Amen. Guys. I want to say you may be seated at the table, but... (laughs) 
in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for the service. We thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, as a church this morning, we want to come together and say we love you. And in the season that's ahead, we're going to take a stance. Father, we pray for anointed obedience in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray for perseverance in the process of preparation. That people will not be weary, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We love you. We honor you as our King. Father, I pray that you will just be gracious to every person here this morning, that you will just make your face shine upon them in this week, that your hand of favor will go before them, Lord, that you will make a way in the wilderness, that you are, Lord, a river in a desert. We thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody says, Amen and Amen. Thank you, guys. You may just sit if you want to. You can get coffee. Please fellowship. Thank you for being here this morning. We really love you guys. We honor you guys. And I pray that you'll have a blessed week. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function. So let's build.